at the end of the day, like we signed up to play this, this sport, this game, because we loved it. And, you know, a lot of things get thrown at players nowadays and there's a lot of burdens that people have to carry or skate with. And so to kind of bring it back to that sort of childlike mind where, you know, you remember why you signed up and just to just love and embrace every single second of this day, because, you know, once you sort of go on the other end and you can't skate anymore, I mean, it's over. Right. So um, what a travesty it would be if you couldn't appreciate the, the great moments that you had together with amazing people. Hey guys, Hannah Donnelly here for another episode of On Her Mark, a podcast where we sit down with female athletes, fitness professionals, and women in sports to learn their stories and their why, all in an effort to find inspiration and celebrate those blazing trails for the next generation. Hockey fans, you are going to love today's episode. The one and only Hillary Knight is here. She's a four-time Olympian, a nine-time IHFF world champion, the leading goal scorer in women's hockey history, and first captain of the PWHL Boston. Hillary is an icon in the sport. On the ice, she has accomplished so much, setting records and leading teams to success. And just this past fall, she was one of the first players signed to PWHL Boston, one of the six teams in the new Professional Women's Hockey League. Then in January, she was named the inaugural captain. She leads the team with pride, knowing that this has been a long time coming, while simultaneously knowing it's the start for what can be done to advance the sport. She's also doing so much off the ice. She's been a role model for so many young athletes, speaking up about body acceptance when she had to gain weight to perform stronger. She's also been open about being a member of the queer community, and she does it all to hopefully help others navigate their own journeys. We talk about all of this in today's conversation and also dive into leadership, where she learned important leadership qualities and how she uses them to stay grounded and help keep others around her stay grounded in big moments. We also talk about returning to Boston. You may know that Hillary spent a lot of her early post-collegiate career here in Boston in former leagues, and the return was special to her. She reveals what she missed most about the East Coast, and I'm gonna tell you, I was not ready for her answer. We wrap up the conversation with where we go from here. This is a monumental time for women's hockey, and Hillary shares that it's important for the next generation to run with the progress, don't look back, don't miss the opportunities to keep moving forward. Of course, she's a legend in the sport, but what struck me most about our conversation was her pure passion for the game of hockey and her teammates. She is truly out there because she loves it. I'm sure the medals and accolades help, but at the end of the day, her why is so clear. And that's so admirable. Please welcome Hillary Knight to the On Her Mark podcast. Thank you for taking the time. This is a busy time for you, Hillary. Uh, what What's going on in your world right now? <laughs> a lot's going on. Um, we launched a, a professional women's hockey league and we have six teams right now and we're fully full in the swing of the schedule. Um, we're playing, you know, I think puck drop was Jan, you know, first of January and we're going all the way uh, through, you know, the start of June. 
this is such an exciting, exciting league, the PWHL. I feel like it's, it's been a long time coming, but it came together so quickly. How is this league so different and so important for this moment um, in women's hockey? Yeah. I mean, we've never had a professional place to play. I think in years past, we, the closest we could really describe it is semi-pro, although we did give it the professional, um, you know, title, but it's just awesome to be able to come to the rink every single day and show up and, and get better as a hockey player and not have to work other jobs and um, have our focuses kind of, um, you know, on other things other than hockey. So it's just, it's fun. It's, it's awesome for the players from um, just a, a playing standpoint, a, com- a competitive standpoint, but then also the fans, like they know, you know, Wednesday, Saturday, Monday, whatever day of the week it is, they know where to watch women's hockey. And it's the best collection of players in the world playing in one spot. So I think that's pretty special. It's been really cool to see. I mean, obviously the level of play and what you guys are doing on the ice is remarkable, but what's been super cool to see is the fans response. Um, I think that you're seeing a lot of fans grateful for something like this. And a lot of times in women's sports, there's the conversation of like, but who's going to go? And it's like, no, they're there. They are there and they are eager. Uh, what is it like to look up from the ice and to see the signs girls are players too, or like finally, uh, to see that reception? Well, First off, we always knew how good we were, right? And we always knew we would have a handful of fans, but there's so many people that want to say, we don't know if people are going to show up, right? And so to have this thing come full circle, it's pretty incredible. I mean, that's why I don't even have a voice right now. I'm like screaming like all the time. It's just, it's such a fun um, atmosphere and environment. And it truly, it, it sounds cliche, but if she can see it, she can be it, right? And so to see all those young faces in the crowd and know that, you know, a handful of them are going to be fulfilling our skates you know, in, in years time. So it, it's just really cool to have consistent programming and visibility for this game and for this game at this level. It's so fun. I, I had so many um, women reach out to me after the first game here in, in Lowell in Boston um, yeah. and be like, my daughter, I took her whole team. Uh, yeah. And that was so <laughs> cool to hear. Um, and you were one of those girls once upon a time, right? Like you had this dream. What was it? Were you five years old? And you said to your grandma, I want to play hockey. I want to go to the yeah. Olympics. So, like, I want to go to the Olympics before women's hockey was even in the Olympics. <laughs> but, you know, just because I, I was a hockey player, like, it, it didn't necessarily matter, boys, girls, whatever. Um, I just wanted to be at this level. And as you get older, um, to to see that the opportunities on the, on the girls' side and the growth of the women's game, it's just tremendous. And so I'm glad that we're finally here. Obviously, I wish it would have, you know, this is a league I would have been able to step into right after graduating college, but, um, you know, the timing didn't necessarily work out that way, but how fortunate are we to have, you know, amazing shoulders that we can build upon to Mm -hmm. empower us to go out there and and carve a better future for the game. Um, so I'm really, um, you know, it, it, it's magical. It's a magical moment that we can actually have a puck drop this year and we're playing games right now and to see where we've, where we've come from and where we're going to go. It's pretty incredible. What has kept you so steadfast in this journey from that five-year-old through now? I mean, there's, you know, the, the ups and the downs that come with that, like, like anything in life. Right. But there's a passion yeah. that you have for this sport. What is it? What is that? I mean, I love the game. It's extremely humbling, right? There's, you think you've mastered one part of it and there's another part that just hits you right in the face and knocks you on your, <laughs> your butt. Right. But um, no, it's, it's part of that. And just always being a student and learning and growing and being sort of fascinated by the game. And then 
also just, you know, it's a team sport and there's just something so powerful about that being in the room with other amazing women from different backgrounds and working towards a common goal. Um, it's really, truly a, a dream job, so to, so to speak. Um, but that's what keeps me coming back is obviously trophies and the room and just wanting to continue to fall in love with the game that I first fell in love with when I was five. You are like an icon in the, in, in sport, you are the greatest goal scorer in women's hockey. You have your nine time world champion. You've gone to four Olympic games. Uh, what has each of those experiences taught? I know that's, that's a big question, right? What have you learned yeah. from each of those, you know, going to the, the elite level, that the highest level, what are lessons that you've learned at that, at that spot? Yeah, I mean, the biggest takeaway for me, you know, it, it's you look at teams that were successful, that were unsuccessful, and really it just it just matters the the type of character you have in the room. And um, you know, it's it's pretty incredible to to be in a room full of amazing individuals as I just said, but uh, you know, I think if anything's taught me sort of, you know, what uh what normal life looks like. It's kind of crazy because we all show up every single day with this sort of this amazingly competitive mindset to try and get better. Um, and so I think just through that, it's just you're you have touch points with people that are so empowering and you can feed off that energy. But yeah, I think um, it's definitely taught me a lot, a lot of life lessons on, you know, how to find success and what that looks like and what that journey looks like to successful um, endpoints. Okay. So I want to like double tap into a few things that you said there. One is the, the, the competition, right. And the, the, mm -hmm. the want to get better. And in the PWHL now, everyone knows the, the U S Canada rivalry, um, mm -hmm. that comes with hockey men's and women's and you're playing alongside them as teammates now, and then come world championships, you, then you come yeah. <laughs> Olympics, you're going to be playing against each other. So talk about a little bit about that dynamic yeah. and, and what that's like. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's at first you're like, oh, like, I, don't, I don't really know. You really just see like a lot of country and then um, you kind of get into the mix of things and you start scrapping out there and you start problem solving on the fly. And then you build that, uh, that bond with just like your teammates. And it's not unsimilar to the guys. I think the only difference is, is we started with such like a staunch rivalry, right? And then we're now, you know, kind of narrowing into different clubs, but um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's great how the different teams have, you know, come together and meshed and we're going to see sort of how that plays out as we get closer to June. But, um, yeah, in, in the same breath, make no mistake about it when we're on the world stage, international stage, and we're back with our country. I mean, there's, there's nothing like it. So, um, you're going to get sort of the best of both worlds. I love the smirk that you have on your face as you're like talking. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, like we have a rivalry coming up against Canada. We have three more games left of the rivalry series. And, you know, I'm itching to get back with um, our group just because it's a different style of hockey, um, which is it's just weird, right? Because you'd think like hockey is just hockey. But when you're playing with, um, you know, 22 other players who grew up playing the exact same style, it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And then now you're in a mix with a bunch of players who have come from different styles. So uh, there's just challenges with both and it's really fun. And um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously representing your country on the world stage. I mean, there's, it's, a, it's pretty incredible as well. Yeah. There's like, there's, there's no way to prepare for it. And I'm sure it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> what makes it fun, right? <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> the checking will be interesting, right? Because we're we're so physical right now in the pro league and the international game's not that way. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what gets adapted to the international stage and what doesn't and, you know, where those lines are. So I'm sort of curious to see how the game unfolds at this level. It will be so fun to watch and I'm sure fun to play too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're back in Boston and, and you've, you kind of have a, a history here mm-hmm. in the city when you found out that you were going to have the opportunity to come back here. Uh, what was that like for you? Um, surreal. I mean, it's kind of, I know like Boston was sort of like that, the hotbed, right? Everyone wanted to be back in Boston. And so when the opportunity was there, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, you have to take it um, just because it's such a phenomenal city. The, the history of the the clubs, the d- different teams, um, obviously the, the legacy that we want to imprint on the city just from women's hockey standpoint. I mean, there's all these things that sort of align and it just felt really right to be able to go back to the East Coast that mm-hmm. someplace I've spent, um, you know, a good portion of my career after college. So, uh, yeah, it definitely feels like a a second home to me. And I'm just really fortunate for this opportunity. Uh, What did you miss most about Boston? Was there anything that you came back to that you were like, was it a restaurant, an activity, anything like that? Honestly, I think it's just like the directness. Like, I I really like appreciate like people just say it how it is and (laughs) It is what it is, right? Yeah, for better or for worse, they're going to tell you what they think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, there's just a level of, like, love through that that you feel. Um, you know, my my parents are both from the East Coast originally. And so being in the Midwest, I was like, oh, it's not the same. I mean, everyone's really <laughs> nice here. But, um, no, I just, I, I love um, just the feeling of being back out East and in the city of Boston and how passionate people are. I mean, it's just... You know, when when we can finally secure a win at home, <laughs> we'll be trending in the right direction with with our crowd. So that's super exciting. But you know, they won't waver. They won't waver regardless. Exactly. Like they're they are there. They are ready. Die hard. We've yep. been waiting for this. Like we have been waiting yeah. for for as as you guys have too, right? And um, I want to circle back on something that you know you talk about that the the professionalism of the PWHL, and that's something that is so important for you guys because you are the best, like you are mm-hmm. the best of the best. Um, this, can you talk about the significance of having a CBA signed before going into the season and what that has allowed for you guys as athletes to perform at this level? Yeah. Well, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know any other league that started with the CBA negotiated before the start. Yeah. Um, so that's just incredible right there. Just goes to show um, the belief that both sides of the party, the, the parts of the table had with one another to be able to make sure that our player treatment and the level of professionalism and the tr- the, the quality of professionalism was there, which um, to, you know, the league's credit has been there, um, is, is that promise. So it's pretty... Um, you know, it's 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 really hard to put into words when you sit down and you're at the table trying to like claw and scratch and grab for things that both sides need, and then at the end of the day, everyone's agreed that like the level of professional has to professionalism has to be there for the players because that's the product that's on the ice. That's um, you know who the fans are, you know, showing up to see and and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, everything came from it. Um, any protection for the players. Uh, you want to talk about healthcare. Like we didn't have healthcare before. I mean, that's pretty substantial. Which is um, mind blowing. I think that these are things that everyone assumes like, yeah, it's their job. Yeah. You get healthcare. 
Right. Yeah. So like, you know, if you get an injury before, it's like, well, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, figure but it out. now we have the, yeah, now we have the support. I mean, we have um, the designated support staff, sort of the team behind the team that not everyone as a fan might necessarily see, but you live and die by those people that support you. And mm-hmm. it's incredible when you really take a step back and think about how many people it takes to just have one successful player on the ice. You know, you talk about, you know, equipment managers, like we didn't have full-time equipment people. We didn't have security, Um, you know, things like pregame, postgame meals, you know, how you're getting fueled up, rehydrated. I mean, there's all sorts of things, let alone just consistent programming and protections on how we, how we get to different cities and different markets and, you know, what off days look like and how long can a work day be? So all these things that um, are new for us have been great protection so far. And I'm really excited to see where this, um, you know, league continues to evolve as it moves forward. And you mentioned earlier standing kind of on the backs and shoulders of those that came before um, women that I think so many people are familiar with their names and have seen them play at the world on the world stage. Uh, and you got an opportunity. I mean, 2010 was your first Olympics, 2014. Um, those were two heartbreaking years where the team was, is, was incredible. Um, and those heartbreaking losses at the Olympics Um, how did you kind of stand on their shoulders to then mentor the 2018 team to come out and do what you did kind of like, I I guess like bridging that heartbreak, but also the confidence in what you were capable of. Yeah, I think, um, it was sort of a very delicate balance of, you know, when we, we have a lot of turnover on the U S side. And so when sort of maybe like half of the team is new, they don't have that Olympic experience. Right. Um, but it does provide us sort of that youthful energy. So it's sort of this delicate balance of how do you tap into that youthful energy, but give them the confidence that they've been there before. And so that was sort of a, you know, a juggling act, so to speak of, you know, how do we really make sure that the focus is on the right things and that we have the right people in the room to, to make sure that when you go out there, you're trusting anyone to the right or the left of you at any given time to do their exact job at the right moment at the same 60 minutes on the same day. Right. So that's a lot has to go right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, taking our experience from 2014 and, um, you know, there was just, a. silence or just like a vibe that just wasn't there um, towards the end. And, you know, to have a two goal lead, blow it with, I think, less than like six minutes left. And then you're walking by the platter of medals that they were supposed to hand out to you. And there's, so there's all these things um, that we could have been sharper on. And I think a lot of us that had that experience, it was great to take that heartbreak and carry it forward, but not um, have it imprinted so hard so hard on the the newer players or the younger players that were going to give us the energy to get the job done at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that necessarily answers your question, but it's definitely a, a juggling act and, um, one that's extremely fine and, and delicate, but also very successful if you can do it right. It takes leaders and it takes all kinds of leaders to make that happen. And I know a lot of your teammates have spoken out about how great of a leader you are and how they've looked up to you for so long and how do you describe your leadership style and where, where did you develop that? Just being around people and being in the game long enough and seeing a lot that you sort of have this like sage wisdom now. Right. And (laughs) um, you've seen so many things and I, you know, my biggest thing is I'm extremely laid back in terms of that. Um, I want everyone to feel comfortable. 
because there are so many pressures nowadays, especially when you get to this level that can just consume you and eat you alive individually as a player, or collectively as a group. And so um, obviously you, you tackle things that need to be tackled when, when it's necessary. But at the end of the day, you know, making sure everyone's comfortable to make sure that they can perform at their very best when that puck drops and um, fulfill their roles when when needed. Okay. You said something there that you're very laid back. And I have to say that Megan Keller has said that you are the biggest, biggest prankster and you're an onion yeah. to peel back. Yeah. Um, how, how has that helped you think the teams kind of create that, that chemistry and who's your favorite person to prank? Oh, uh, my favorite person to prank is probably Hannah Brandt. <laughs> we, um, yeah. We, Watch out Hannah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, we we got her good with um, a name tag for I forgot to take it off actually after warm ups for one of our games. So that was that was on me. Um, But (laughs) yeah, um, I don't know. I think like uh, pranks in a way like if they're they're done lighthearted can sort of break up the monotonous of like the travel or the routine that you kind of like sink into and can give people a good laugh and everyone's a really good sport in different ways. And obviously you have to be open to getting pranked right back yourself. (laughs) So sort of sleep with one eye open, always looking over your shoulder, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like we signed up to play this, this sport, this game, because we loved it. And, you know, a lot of things get thrown at players nowadays and there's a lot of burdens that people have to carry or skate with. And so to kind to bring it back to that sort of childlike mind where you know you remember why you signed up and just to just love and embrace every single second of this day because you know once you sort of go on the other end and you can't skate anymore I mean it's over right so um what a travesty it would be if you couldn't appreciate the, the great moments that you had together with amazing people have you always had had that perspective or was that something that you learned as you went through the process and, and from someone above you Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I think when you're young, you're just, just like, you're worried about your ice time and, you know, all the the metrics, right. That go along with that. And you're worried about the next game. And so when you've had the opportunity and I'm grateful, I've had a number of opportunities to continue to come back. Right. And realize that you keep coming back and it provides a lot more perspective and you grow older and you're, you're like, Oh, like it, it doesn't matter the individual showing up. It matters the team showing up. And obviously the individual has to show up for the collection of the team, but at the end of the day, the team has to get it done. Um, and so I think that's just something that I've learned along this journey. And obviously there's been more attention with the sport as well. And now with technology and social media, there's all sorts of different barriers and distractions and whatever you want to call it. And the Olympics in itself is a completely different beast. So it's just, how do you kind of manage that? And the the best way that I've found success in doing that is just remembering you're just out there to play a hockey game and um, not to minimize the the significance of playing in, you know, a gold medal game or anything like that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you just have to perform like you've learned how to perform for, you know, decades of your life. Absolutely. Remembering the why is so important. And I think that can get lost. Not that I've had experience at the level that you have, yeah. had, however, <laughs> but I think in anything in life, remembering your why is a huge, is a huge grounding effect, mm-hmm. right? And you mentioned social media there. You've mentioned uh, kind of the the pressures and the weight that kind of comes with that. Uh, I think she can see it, she can be it is a huge thing for young athletes. But it also put and adds a almost responsibility to you guys, um, knowing that there's all these young young people 
looking up to you and you have been, have been vocal about your journey with body acceptance, but also coming out as a member of the LGBTQ community. So I'm curious why you wanted to speak publicly about those things. And, and if it, if you felt it was a responsibility to do it, or if it was just something that you personally wanted to do. You know, just like any human that walks this earth, you kind of go through your journey and your process. And um, obviously from what I do as a, you know, for my quote unquote job or not who I am, but what I do um, provides me a platform to be able to empower and have a significant and hopefully positive impact on many people's lives. And so as I'm going through something in my own personal life and, um, you know, I feel confident in a way to provide visibility to that or if I feel confident or at peace with opening up my personal life I'm happy to do so if that has a a helpful effect for anybody else and you know whether that started on sort of my crazy journey of you know gaining 10 pounds and um, really coping with sort of the the body image and and and, um, sort of the femininity around strong and beauty and um, sort of what that's supposed to look like and going through that process. Um, And obviously using that to kind of work through or coming out as a member of the queer community. I mean, these are all things that I went through my own personal journey and my own personal process and found strength in different ways that, you know, I hope I could be a great advocate and provide more visibility um, to people so they don't feel isolated because we live in a world that we're so connected, but at the same time can feel so outnumbered and isolated in many ways. And um, I just came to the point where I just thought it was important. Um, so that's that's how, you know, I can come out with, uh, you know, different topics and uh, things that I feel passionate about is something that, you know, I've experienced in my own life and hopefully other people can, you know, have great experiences. Well, I think that you've done exactly that with it. I think you've, you've empowered a lot of people and you've, you've helped a lot of people. Um, and people look at you as this, you're, you're one of the greatest people, humans to play hockey of all time. But I think the impact that you've had off the ice as well is something that will have a lasting legacy, um, as well. And that's, that's not easy to do. Um, so so kudos to you, (laughs) kudos to you for, for that. Um, and you know, like looking at this next generation of athletes, um, what is your hope for the future of women's hockey? You have blazed such a great trail for them to continue on and you're not done yet. I'm not saying that I'm just saying (laughs) Um, what do you hope for this next generation yeah I hope they take it and run with it Mm -hmm. right um you know early on in this season actually one of my teammates we were kind of talking about the start and and how hard it was to get here um and you know one of my younger teams was like like I'm sorry and I, I looked at her and I was like don't be sorry if anything that could be the worst thing you are sorry and she was sort of saying like sorry that we had to sort of burden this thing to to get it to where it is now and not sort of see it in the prime of our careers necessarily. And as if anything, like you got to take this and run with it. You have to be super confident that you are exactly where you are 
at the exact time and where you're supposed to be and, and um, you know, how beautiful of a thing is it to be able to finish your collegiate career and have a place to step into where you're playing the best hockey night in and night out. And uh, you're going to have fan bases that are, you know, laughing and cheering and crying with you at the ups, the downs and all these crazy moments. And, um, you know, I just, it's, uh, it's really cool to, to, sort of have this next generation be able to grab this thing and take it to new heights. And that's, that's what I hope that people do for this game. Well, you look at the 99ers and what they were able to do and, you know, didn't, didn't do it for anything else than to carry the game to the next year, to the next couple mm-hmm. of years. And now, uh, what are we 20 years later? And it's, yeah. that's, it's the potential that it has, which is awesome. And so I also want to want to ask, what it's like in Boston. I know we talked about it's the history here and the, it's kind of yeah. coming home for you. You played a lot of your, but as a, as a sports city, have you felt the, the welcome from, from the sports community broadly here in Boston? Absolutely. Um, the sports community, I mean, just random people coming up to me on the street and just, you know, getting a sandwich or whatever. And they're like, Oh, like good luck. And I'm like, wait, what? Um, so you were doing something, right. If people are coming up to you and, you know, saying their thoughts on the game or, you know, good luck for the next game. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. So I'm glad that, uh, the support just right from the start is there and it's only going to continue to grow. I love it. I love it. And also you, you know, you talked about, um, kind of working through things on, on your own and then sharing them with your, you know, more broadly, uh, Mm -hmm. who is in your, I like to call them like your your day ones, like your, your OGs, uh, who's in that circle, your community that helps lift you up, whether hockey related or not, that you lean on, um, to find the success. You know, you talk about how it takes a whole team of people to make one athlete succeed. Who's on your, who's on your, uh, OG list. (laughs) Yeah. I, I won't like name them, but I have a, I have a sort of a small circle. I keep my circle pretty tight and, um, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you go you go through this journey and you realize like how important it is uh, to have a loving group that surrounds you and supports you. Because as you said, like you don't get any success or where you are without the people that are supporting you. And that's one of like my biggest advice is that, you know, I would give to anybody, you know, coming up is make sure you have a good support group because you need them. You're going to need them for the good times and the bad times. And it's so critical to have people you can lean on at all times. I love that. I love that. And then my final question for you, Hillary, cause I know you got a lot, you got a lot going on. You got to rest up and get back for Saturday, but uh, yeah. what is a mantra that you lean on, on hard days? Is there something, a motto mantra? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm always about, you know, pushing the envelope and sort of, I, I use this, my own personal mantra is dare to be, and I leave it open-ended and, um, because, you know, it's, it's always trying to, you know, squeeze that 1% out of everything you do. And so, you know, it's like dare to be great. You know, am I, am I doing that when I get to the rink? Am I doing that when I get in the weight room? You know, what other facets of my life and my dog walking, you know, it's just like, gotta be the best of the best yeah. for that pup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like you apply it to all, uh, all areas of life. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think, um, yeah, that, that would probably be my mantra and just the underlying of, you know, trying to show up and get better every single day. 
I love it. Well, Hillary, thank you so much. Congratulations on this first season. And we're excited uh, for all that's to come for women's hockey. Well, thank you very much. Dare to be. How would you finish that sentence? Something to think about, right? (laughs) Guys, you could feel her passion. I know you could. I just love how much she loves hockey. And there is just so much more coming for the sport and coming for Hillary in her career. You can follow along with her on social at Hillary Knight. And if you're in the Boston area, make sure you check out the PWHL Boston schedule. Get your tickets to their next home game in Lowell and you will have a blast. And remember to stay locked in on all things on her mark on social by following NBCS Boston. And I'm over at underscore Hannah.Donnelly. As always, if you're loving these conversations, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit the follow or the subscribe. Get notifications about it. Also rate, review it, share it with a friend, post about it on social, whatever you can do to show some love. We appreciate it. It helps us so much in continuing to bring you conversations like this. All right, that does it for me today. I'll catch you guys next time.